welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Welcome in. This is the Chit Chat Money Investing Power Hour. I am Ryan Henderson. I am joined by Brett Schaefer. I feel like we never really introduce our names, but that's okay. Um, oh, always have that happen. Um, but yeah, the, the role of the show is uh, we can talk about anything financial markets related. We just had quite the little uh, audio snafu. So our mics might be broken. That yeah. uh, that could be big news for us, which would be quite disappointing, but is not relevant to the listeners. Although we may have lost a great recording on Autodesk to tease that out. We'll just have to re-record that. But yeah, Ryan, any any housekeeping, any any highlights? Uh, I guess subscribe well, to subscribe to the newsletter again. It'll be free along with a lot of episodes. Not the Power Hour. Um, if you're watching or if you're listening to this on the podcast, we do these live on Thursdays. Try to do it at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Although today we we're late because of technical difficulties. And besides that, you not our fault. Hit... Not our fault. Yeah, it, it was all our fault, but also not our fault. Um, and besides that, do you want to hit the advertiser? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get right into the show. Yeah, Stock 7 Investing, our presenting sponsors, they dropped their new picks today. So their December picks are out, which is the last new recs before our code is no longer usable. So uh, we've got a code, money. You get $100 off 7 Investing with your annual subscription. Um, So saves plenty of money. And and today they had their seven recommendations for anyone that doesn't know, seven investing does seven stock recommendations each month. Um, they now have well over 200 recommendations in total. Did you have any, uh, what was your favorite recommendation from this batch? It was a good batch, by the way, big fan of this batch. That is uh, correct. I was a fan as well. Uh, although that is just our humble opinion. I liked Simon's. Don't want to spoil it, but it's something I have looked at before. Uh, we've looked at hundreds of stocks, so that doesn't give it away. But besides that, yes, uh, I very enjoyed his pick. I haven't read the research report yet, but as someone who's interested in that stock, I am you know excited to read it because I know I'm probably going to pick up at least a few different tidbits that I hadn't before uh, to help with you know my understanding of the company. Yeah, that that was probably up there for me as well. I liked Matt's. Matt had a new rec. Matt does oftentimes. I've found that Matt does some re-recs, um, where he recommended recommends something that he's already uh, talked about in the past. Because frankly, that's a great way to invest is the the businesses you really know well. Um, but this one was a new one, and well, a new recommendation. I know he's owned it for a while, but uh, also good. But uh, won't talk too much more about seven investing. Use our code money. You get a hundred dollars off the annual, um, news for the week. I've got something top of mind. I'm frustrated, okay. flustered. 
All right. Well, I'm going to yeah tweet out the show links while you introduce this topic. I think it's the one we discussed beforehand, right? Yeah. Uh, so Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, the old CEO of FTX and a fraud, uh, is getting airtime. A lot of platforms are, are interviewing him and talking uh, about how things went wrong and, and how it was that he, how did it come to be that he lost so many people, so much money and, and it's definitely a criminal. Um, and basically they're, they're letting him have his little, uh, his parade, his interview festivities and, and talk about how things went so wrong. And it's just really sad for me to see all these news companies shill out for clicks and give this fraud airtime. It He's is a criminal. He's a literally uh, criminal. Yeah. Well, not proven yet. However, when, I think when they arrested Madoff, they hadn't exactly proven it yet. A lot of people that get arrested as potential murderers, potential drug dealers, kingpins that don't lose probably nearly as much money as SBF did over at FTX, they get put in prison for the time being until they go to trial. Maybe the DOJ is working on something. However, I don't know why any of these news organizations are touching the topic. It's making me lose. I hate saying this, but I smell something. Something doesn't. Yeah, (laughs) we're nobodies, but something doesn't doesn't feel feel right here. It doesn't make any sense why these organizations would do that when they introduced them at DealBook. They they were like, give a round of applause for uh, Sam Bankman Freed. What what is Who going clapped? on? Who on earth would clap? Well, well, just to be fair, I mean, sometimes it can kind of just be mimetic, right? Where you're told yeah. to clap. It, it, to be fair, I don't think that's a big deal. But again, asking the the crowd to clap and not just having the most like you're interviewing. Remember that R. Kelly interview? That was really, really on point when he had, uh, what was it? The rape allegations, right? Yeah. I think confirmed. The Shouldn't it be kind of like that, right? Where it's like, all right, you're about to go to prison or get in trouble for something pretty serious. Let's hammer some legitimate questions here. And I got to say, we're not body language readers but the man is lying out of his ass just watch any of the clips dude yeah absolutely no doubt there it, I've, I've never been like more disappointed because there's all this golden age of fraud stuff the fraud is discovered like this isn't like it's it's past time people lost their money already it's over and now he gets an interview parade and we applaud him. He's literally going around and everyone's like thanking him for coming to this event. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. It turns out they're all remote. It's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is strangely pathetic. And I, 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 it seems to me that I think we're getting like punked or we're getting a joke played on us. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Matt H. Yeah. Thank you. Loyal listener. One of the few on the YouTube chat. Uh, thank you for tuning in every week. Was Andrew Ross Sorkin respectable before this? I, I don't want to talk. Bit, 
I had a little bit of a, I, I respected him. Yeah. This certainly stains his reputation for me. No doubt. About yeah. I, I, we, we hate talking about that type of stuff, but this I think is very, very important. Very like we, we really do not like talking about specific individuals or hating on specific things within the markets. The only time we really try to, and again, we're not a big show at all, but the only time we really try to call out individual stuff is when it is blatant fraud and we don't want people to lose more money. Or when people are getting hurt. Yeah. Or people are getting hurt. Specific, we know we're getting hurt. In this situation, they are. Um, yeah, I, I lost a lot of respect for him. I don't I'm know what was a big going fan on of there. accountability. Yeah. And that's not going on here. He should be in jail. And like it's it's like no one cares. It's like, well, but he was he was on he was announced for the deal book. <laughs> like we gotta have him. People were coming for that. What about let me uh, let it's me so sad. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Let me pull up even the maybe the craziest <laughs> part of this thing. Keep I don't uh, know. anything else? No, it just makes me sick. It's it's like it's what let's say someone else was found to do something criminal. God forbid, maybe one of the people that we think has done criminal things before and has been convicted of crim- crimes before. If this happened to that person that I'm thinking of, no, I, I now I know for sure he would get interviews and interviews and interviews, and it would oh. not, there would never there would be no prison. Are you talking about one of the few uh, richer people that we may have some suspect thoughts about? Yeah, and now yeah. SBF is giving me more respect for Elon. And I mean, I'm I'm thinking through the same thing. Like if Elon were convicted of, I mean, he's been convicted of. Not convicted, but securities uh, manipulation. He's been convicted. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, but a, lo- a lot of things. A bigger have, crime. Yeah. Well, what would happen? <laughs> a, an acquisition of a solar company from his fa- that was failing, that was owned by a family member that he did a potentially fraudulent pr- presentation of that he admitted to in court that cost shareholders billions upon billions of dollars. That uh, could be. Yeah. What I'm saying is like no one. No one would be held accountable in the situation. It's just so like I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's just Here, really pissing me off. Yeah. Here's uh, again. I I I don't know what's going on. I really hope. I have a lot of respect for Michael Lewis. I really hope he does this justice and it does not put this. Yeah. I really hope he tells the story straight because I think he can. No, I think he's got the ability to. I, I, I have hope. If he does, then I'll, then I'll be really happy. Okay, here was the craziest part about it, I think. <laughs> and that is Bill Senior Ackman saying, Dude. call me crazy, but I think at SBF is telling the truth. One of the wildest tweets in FinTwit history. One, his wife has a connection to SBF who got a donation from him at MIT. So he's clearly biased here. The first response I see is, um, man, the, the things got ugly in those replies. Uh, the first response was, you dumb mother, then another word. And then another person, uh, the, one of the best reply people, because I believe it's a woman, Ebit Daddy, uh, said, uh, where is my homeboy, Mike Pearson, who was the, if you don't know, the CEO of Valiant? Uh, so quite the dig. 
uh, SBF responds to it and says, I deeply appreciate that. I messed up. I'm going to do everything I can to make it right, even though I knew, knew, eh, what's, what are we, this guy can't spell, even though I knew it might never be enough. And then we get a quote tweet from Kevin O'Leary. I think I muted him, so it's going to be tough to find. Aha. Oh, yeah, he's still got laser eyes. Oof. Uh, he quote tweeted this with maybe an even more insane tweet. He said, I lost millions as an investor in FTX and got sandblasted as a paid spokesperson for the firm. But after listening to that interview, I'm in the Bill Ackman camp about the kid. Exclamation point. One, he is 30 years old. So not a kid. You know, can, we looks stop, like, can we stop like glorifying like, oh, he's so young? Yeah, that shouldn't matter. I, I mean, it doesn't like, matter. He stole your money. It's like so giving, all of the young kids that worked there. They stole your money. Yeah, exactly. First off, this is like saying, man, that uh, I'm using Ryan here as just because of an example. Man, that Ryan Henderson guy, he had a, he had sex with my wife, but I I still <laughs> like the guy. Like uh, I would, I would be very upset with you. He, the guy, lost millions of dollars. What, what is going on with Mister uh, Wonderful here? I don't know. I it mean, is maybe, it, maybe he's still getting paid. I. That is true. There's a lot of money missing. Uh, I love his profile picture though. Whoa, laser eyes. Oh, that guy. When you go on, when you watch Shark Tank as a younger person trying to go into the finance world, you kind of think that's a legitimate thing. You go, wow, that Kevin O'Leary guy is sharp. Yeah. Find out he is. Yeah, he is a fool. Yeah, well, he tricked Mattel. Um, The responses on that are. Matt H said, after this circus, what is the percentage chance that SBF gets a Newman 2.0 moment? If he does, man. We'll see what the criminal charges are. I would like to see. I would like to see people. He'll vote with his wallet. Like, like people will vote with their wallets. They're not going to give this guy money again. There's no way. Newman just got $300 million for... I, I, honestly, Newman's not nearly as bad as a lot of these people. I don't think he's as bad as Musk. I don't think he's obviously not as bad as Elizabeth Holmes. Not nearly as bad as SBF. Not as malevolent. Yeah, he, he, he was just... Just as delusional. Yes. More delusional. I, mm, yes, but he had a real business. It was a bad business, but real. Yeah. The, and it wasn't, there was no, there, there wasn't fraud from what I remember. No. It was just really, really good promotions. The guy, 6'5, Israeli, long hair. He walks into Jamie Diamond's office. He says, Jamie. What sort of valuation are we putting on this retail r- rental startup, huh? 60 times sales? What do you think? Well, the man's convincing. I, I don't, because I think the difference is the criminality. So I don't think he'll get money again um, if criminal charges are presented. The concern here and the messiness and the real frustration for me is all the money that he gave to politicians. Yeah, and but both it, sides too. My concern is that that's if he somehow doesn't get convicted or he somehow is let go and they let him do a 
and they maybe encourage a 2.0 because maybe it means more money in their pockets. That is when I like go perma bearer. <sighs> can't, the- trust, can't trust the system. You turn into zero hedge. <laughs> yeah. I see how those, I see how people end up down that rabbit hole. Yeah. After, the, after events like this. I usually think, yeah, I usually think zero hedge is bad. Uh, don't, or we don't swear bat, whatever crazy, but they, they're probably right in this situation. All right. What, uh, you got any other headlines? I, I, I don't, yeah, the, I don't want to give SPF too much of my brain time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking about him for weeks to come. If there's more, uh, news here, um, Leah, let's see. I, there was a lot of things I kind of saw on, uh, across the news, this week in the finance world, a lot of interesting things. So I think we can hit a lot of small stuff. But the first thing I saw was this, uh, the information, which is, a, I believe, a Silicon Valley research, or not research, reporting. They're like really, I, I don't really know exactly what their deal is, but they, they do great reporting in the Valley. And they found, um, so a chart, that outlines the gain in Google's or Alphabet's Alphabet slash Google's headcount since 2019 because they've you know uh, they're not that the the company's not that they 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 give out as limited information as they need to when talking to investors so they're a bit of a mystery sometimes and they found this say internal document that showed where all these employees are coming from. And I think it was a bit surprising. So the number one was cloud at 50,000 new employees. Second, sales and partnerships, 30,000. Like maybe that's where we go for the cuts, um, if I'm going to be fair. 10,000 were in hardware. So Pixel, Nest, Fitbit, that seems pretty legitimate. Uh, 10,000 in Android and Chrome, pretty legitimate. Ads product around 12,000, search and assistant 10,000, and about eight, minutes, 7,000 in YouTube. Um, I don't know, well, you're not in the document right now, but you can go look at that in the Power Hour document. I have it posted if you want to look at it, Ryan. But any surprises from what you saw there? I think for me, the biggest surprise is one, how little search. Um, and they they probably already had the most employees before 2019, but how little uh, search gained employees while still growing revenue. So I think that was a very positive sign for me for the operating leverage uh, of that of that segment. And second, just the the sheer number in the cloud division, which to be fair has been putting up very strong growth numbers at a huge scale, but just that that number, the fifty thousand number. Uh, definitely stood out to me. Yeah, it makes the growth feel a little less impressive, I guess. Not that I mean, it's still it's an improving business, and and I think it's at on pace at what twenty five billion dollars in recurring revenue. I think higher, but slightly I higher. I think the, thirty. Uh, I think thirty, but don't have the numbers in front of me. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that they built a $25 billion recurring revenue business and getting to the point where it's operating income nearly, uh, it's getting to the point where it'd be operating income positive. But when you got to hire 50,000 employees to do it, it just makes it feel less 
like an achievement, like a yeah, it's like a brute force kind of. But if that's what you have to do, I guess. To I mean, it is a you know, Cloud's a wonderful business, and it's not like those employees have to stick around, um, or or they can you know scale up as maybe. That's thinking, how it, okay. You know what? Thinking, that's how it always yeah, sounds. I know. Thinking optimistically they can scale up and they're planning for the future and building out all these products. But pessimistically, they love to continue to hire. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. My, uh, my pet theory here, and what I thought was how businesses worked and got to profitability, was they invested for growth, and those costs or those investments became a fraction of the revenue that they generate over the lifetime value of their users. But what I'm finding out is that all these businesses invest for growth, fire all the employees, and then have their customers, and there are the profits. <laughs> well, or they just hire employees because they can. Yeah, maybe. The, uh, what was the second one there? Sales and uh, partnerships? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the definition was there. Um, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Sales. I mean, if it's, cl- I would think like the biggest sales. The Apple partnership. I, I don't know how many people need to work there because I would assume that's just a legal team. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't. I where, don't where, know. Where's their sales staff? Like, who are they selling to? It's What product do they have to sell that doesn't sell itself? Search sells well, itself. Uh, cloud, cloud is. But that's within cloud. Is has that's what I mean. Outbound sales. Uh, yeah, I do not know the definition of sales and partnerships. But what about the other ones? What about the other ones there? Oh, I find it impressive that YouTube's so small. Although it, it might just be the fact that they have a lot of employees to begin with. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, but it seems like they're doing well without needing too many, and that's kind of the theory that a lot of people had. Um, I like that Android and Chrome kind of get a lot of work because that's really important for the moat. Um, and I like that they're, I honestly like that they're investing in hardware. Nest and the smart home stuff, I, I could really forget about, but I think the Pixel is, could be a nice growth driver for them. So, um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, maybe, but I, I have my gripes about the Nest. I don't think that's going to be too successful. Yeah, it's yeah. Smart homes were a bit of a, a bit overblown. I think we can conclude now. I'm glad I'm not seeing uh, what call it on here. Their gaming platform, <laughs> Stadia. 
Stadia, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. Glad I don't see that on there. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, not. And at least they included search and Google Assistant in the same one. So unlike Amazon, who spent probably the same amount, added the same amount of employees just for Alexa. Um, yeah. That Alphabet did for search and assistant. You can see why they have the margins that uh, one person doesn't. Amazon, or excuse me, Alphabet has one set of operating margins, and Amazon has another. Um, yeah. Anything else on that? No, not really. Any other headlines? You're gonna have to carry the weight here this uh, this time around because I don't have my computer up in front of me. But yeah, we had uh, the technical difficulties made it tough for research this week but i think there's a lot of stuff here okay there was a tweet from mads capital there's a lot of information here but i think it'll be fun to talk about so here's the tweet public cloud update from jp morgan i love when people share screenshots from the proprietary um stuff that they sent that the bank sent to clients it's very great uh, AWS record backlog of $104 billion, AWS, Azure, and GCP. GCP is Google Cloud, Azure is Microsoft, equal approximately 75% of the global market. Current inflationary macro environment has driven customers to optimize cost, slow spending, and trade down instances and storage. That just means trade down how much they're kind of spending. They're a little bit more conservative on how much they're spending in the cloud. So what he means... Um, if we look at, I guess there, there's some more information in some of the slides he laid, uh, cause that's just information from the tweet. Anything surprising there? Or is that kind of what you assumed things would look like? 75% numbers, generally what I thought it was, or at least that's like what I kind of heard last. Um, that AWS backlog is astounding. It's nice. And, they got the long term. Yeah. And we just did that show on Autodesk, which, again, no one's ever going to hear. We're going to have to re-record it, I think. I think. But thinking through that episode, I was like, man, they're going to be spending a lot of money on AWS. Yeah, uh, I guess everyone is. I'm looking. I'm looking at the stats right now. Uh, Seven-year head start, and in 2022, is one and a half times the size of Azure. Guess that's a testament to Azure. Uh, three times the size of GCP, but the gap is tightening. Yep, and they outlined here revenue growth percent at AWS, thirty percent; Azure, thirty-seven percent; GCP, thirty-seven percent. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. I, f- yeah, I, I really don't see how all three don't win, but I kind of like AWS and Google Cloud more, just because. Microsoft seems to be more tailored to the old economy companies. And AWS has really a lot of presence in the startup ecosystem. And GCP seems to have a lot of presence in AI, machine learning, stuff like that. But again, that's a bird's eye view from a non-expert. And I think all three will likely do well. I don't know. With the revenge of the old economy as of late, in a bit, or <laughs> Azure might be the better one to bet on. I would be more concerned about the companies that are like hyper focused on AI and stuff right now because it felt like that was a lot of the companies that got easy capital. Mm, good. Yeah. I mean, AWS has the biggest, most exposure to the startup ecosystem, but so they could be hurt the most if there's a downturn there. Um, here's the next slide. 
So they say America's remain the largest opportunity. I don't think that's a surprise since I guess that's where most of the tech industry is. Um, and the projection is for global, and this is for what they call IAS and PAS, which is infrastructure and platform as a service. Again, you can tell we're not cloud experts here. <laughs> um, in 2021, total spend is expected to be $160 billion. In 2025, they're projecting $419 billion. That is a, if market share stays the same, that is what, what are we looking at here? Over 300 billion? No, just south of 300, 260 billion in revenue opportunity for the big three. Oh, actually divide that by 0.775%. Say $200 billion revenue opportunity for those three companies. That is without knowing anything about the cloud. <laughs> well, okay. With, with knowing maybe minimal amounts about the cloud and how it really works. Those are some numbers that will make you perk up. I stand by we okay we talked about this before that it might they might be the best businesses ever <laughs> and the only ones there. you could argue and the only ones you could argue i think are the ones that they already i think the only one you could argue is google search and that's already owned by one of the other companies um just from the size perspective yeah but yeah i think i agree but capital intensive so Maybe not the best, but at the scale. I mean, the scale is just unbelievable. Yeah. Makes me optimistic. Uh, and anyone that's interested, check out our two-part series we did. What's his name? Joe Fermansky from Non-Zero Sum Capital, NCS Capital on Cloudflare. Uh, again, that business, I really do not understand. However, he did help me, help us understand it more. They think they can be the, the, the fourth horseman and... The opportunity for them just seems really, really strong. I, 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 they seem like someone that could grow at a high rate for a long time. Not investing advice. I do not know anything about Cloudflare besides what we've talked about really with Joe Fermansky. But I liked, okay, I, I had Joe is obviously an expert and I, that was a fun interview. And Cloudflare probably has the best pure opportunity because it's not like, you know, when you buy Google, you're not just buying GCP, but you're getting the cloud businesses at the at the big tech companies cheaper because they're a part of those bigger companies, right? Because Cloudflare, I mean, it's still kind of expensive from what I remember. Yeah, let, me, you pull, can get, let me pull it up. You can get AWS for really cheap because right now the e-commerce business is a drag. And they're spending $12 billion a year on Alexa. Yeah, let me pull up Cloudflare trading at, uh, yeah, EV to sales last 12 months of 18. Yikes. Well, everyone else is optimistic <laughs> about the Am business. Amazon entirely. Amazon isn't like, if you, the entire enterprise value is probably what mid teens sales, mid teens AWS's sales. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe. Okay. okay. Here's Wait, hold, the other, on, hold on. Go, go ahead. Continue. Continue. What would you pay for AWS today? Just AWS. 
Strong in sales multiple. Yeah. Okay, margin is about 30%. So if we're looking at 10, I'm trying to think of what 10 times earnings would be on a sales multiple. Why can't you do the math right now? What, three, roughly? And, uh, no, 10 times would be three. Yeah, duh. That should be easy math. So 30 times would be about 10. 30 times earnings? Yeah, it's about 10 times sales. I think I would inch up to 12 times sales for AWS. Really? I think that's the ceiling. Say that's the ceiling of where I think is interesting. Given given that growth over the next couple, given that that revenue is pretty much guaranteed to grow over at least the next couple of years. Okay. Wait, let me double check something. Would you buy Amazon's entire retail business for zero (laughs) dollars. I know. Well, I've looked, we've talked about this before. It's on the watch list. We need to do the, finish up the work on it. Oh, geez. I mean, it'd be negative. It's probably negative value, but the, 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 if you mark, yeah, if you mark AWS at 12 times, the retail business is negative value. But that's kind of where I think a fair value is. So I don't know if, it's maybe expecting not that 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 great of returns going forward. So maybe where I would actually buy it as an investment would be lower. But the international losses um, and the other bets investments. <laughs> they, if, they, I'm, yeah. if I were at an investment bank, I think that would be what my DCF looks like. AWS, <laughs> one trillion. Retail, zero. Zero. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about AWS's record backlog is $104 billion. What do you think the growth it was percentage year over year? From when to when? Year over year. So whatever they last quarter versus a year ago, what was the percentage growth? Mm, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, 28%. 57%. AWS? Yeah. What? Oh, the backlog. The backlog, yeah. Oh, that's even better. Jeez. That's why that CapEx is going up. And everyone thinks it's Alexa investments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Last slide. Well, just a lot of charts going on to the left. They stay still early innings and secular shift. Public cloud spend should more than double by 2025 with only mid-teens percent of workloads and five... of IT spending in the cloud today. Current inflationary environment has driven customers to optimize costs. Slowing spending in the near term could pressure growth. Um, Yeah, nothing nothing new there. Got a question in the or comment here. You guys doing this one later today? Yes. Uh, And if you typically, thank you for the question. We want to talk to, I guess, the listeners on the podcast don't care, but for the few people that like to watch on YouTube or replay on YouTube, we started a little late today because of technical difficulties. It happens. Uh, it's a three-man shop over here, <laughs> and we think our mics might be broken. Uh, and second, we did move to 4 p.m. Pacific time in the afternoon, not noon anymore. 4 p.m. is just better for our schedules, and we think better for people getting home from work around dinner time, stuff like yeah. that. All right, I got a I got a question for you slash 
uh, kind of marketing for Seven Investing here. So they oh, recently yeah, did man. an episode with our friend Alex Morris. They did a podcast episode and turned it into like a kind of free article. I mean, the, the the podcast is free, so feel free to go listen to it. But they have they do this fun show called Wreck or Rebound, and they named a bunch of companies. And so I will name the company for you. We're gonna do we're gonna do the same game same game really quick. Yeah, and I didn't listen to the podcast, so I don't I don't know what they've said, but um, I don't know if you'll know all the companies. But you tell me whether this is the current price decline is the beginning of a wreck or it's time for a rebound. Okay. Ally Financial. All right, and none of these are going to be stuff we own. So to be fair, do not listen. This is from the top of the head. Ally, I will say rebound. It looks cheap. Famous last words, but looks cheap. Domino's Pizza. That's difficult. Rebound. Oh, wow. It is down like 40% from its highs. No, mm-hmm. 20%, 30%. Not that bad. Um, ServiceNow. Do you know what ServiceNow does? No clue, but I know they have a lot of charts that go up and to the right. Uh, I will say, I'm going to look at the sales multiple and that will determine my answer. I will say sideways for a decade. <laughs> Let's look at the sales multiple. And if it's below 10, I will say ooh, 12. I'm going to say wreck. Sorry. All right. Five Two. below. Rebound. No one likes the model. No one likes the concept, but they put up great results. Yeah, they are probably the fastest growing retail concept I've ever seen. Would you Would you agree with that? Mm, well, we don't. We haven't. Mm, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Great. That's really a definitive answer. All right, Amazon.com. Emphasis rebound. on the dot com. All right, rebound. Rebound. Tesla. Wreck. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I know everyone or like half the people out there like Tesla. I'm sorry. I'm still a hater. Stock's too expensive. Last one, Netflix. That is tough. I want to say I'm leaning rebound, but I, I'm nervous about uneconomical spending at Apple TV, Amazon, and yeah, that's it. I, I They keep the, those companies continue to Invest heavily. Oh, also, you. I worry about YouTube as well. Taking market share and CTV. I would say that's a rebound for me. We uh, we got a nice comment. All uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The. <laughs> if you're no. watching on YouTube, ignore that person. Thank you for that. Not a pleasure. Matt H show. says the chat about to get bots with that Tesla mention. Yeah, you know that is a possibility. Maybe we should moderate our. Tesla. Oh, talk I, I forgot. Is that is Tesla political now? I forgot. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's uh, it's got its bots. Oh, uh, right. They have a. That's where all the R and D goes. They have the automatic YouTube live filter. That's good. It a lot of listens. Tesla, Buffett, Bitcoin, gold. That's how you get listens. So. Yeah, maybe not the listeners were. <laughs> striving for but that's okay um anyway yeah if you want to check out seven investing they uh i wonder there's probably a little more analysis than what 
Brett just did for uh, yes. some of those record rebounds. I believe I saw it was like 30 or 40 minutes. So check out their free stuff podcast and use code money. You get a hundred dollars off your annual subscription. All right. Any other topics? Let me scroll, scroll through the Twitter. Uh, Swedish match update. Oh, God, don't, 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 don't. don't. <laughs> I know. It was the pick. perfect business. Here's 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 what I want to talk about interest in Philip Morris because of Swedish match. Okay, here's what they said uh, as a press release. Swedish match said yesterday that it was expanding distribution of Zinn, a tobacco-free nicotine pouch, throughout the Western U.S. It is now being made available for the purchase in more than 4,000 stores in Arizona, California. They list all the Western states. So 4,000 more. That was already their biggest market. Does Philip Morris International uh, supercharge growth for them because of the regulatory expertise? Does Zen supercharge it for? No, no. Does does no? Does PMI Philip Morris International supercharge even excel? Excuse me, not supercharge. It was already doing well. Accelerate Zin's unit volume growth because again, the regulatory stuff that can get them into more countries faster. And two, uh, the distribution advantage by you know being a larger company, able to negotiate to get into to more convenient stores and wherever people buy uh, nicotine products. Probably. Yeah. Although, which is maybe, why maybe they should have paid. Bias. Maybe it's my West Coast bias and it's already so prominent here, but I feel like Zen's already in the district, like every convenience store I go to. Apparently, they weren't. Apparently, there was 4,000 more. Does this make PMI attractive? I kind of feel like it, it could be fun to, to, maybe not, or interesting to look at them. I, I do not know much about that business. Um, but yeah, I mean, cigarettes are pretty easy <laughs> to understand. You're, you're guessing it's like other cigarette businesses around the world. Yeah, I'm guessing they make them for five cents, sell them for a dollar. And their customer base is slowly dwindling, but they have a, now have this hidden gem in their portfolio in Zen. I would, uh, I think it would depend on how much, what percentage of sales of PMI sales would come from Zen. I'm willing to pay quite a premium to buy the Zen business independently, which you almost were getting with Swedish Match. Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. Say Zen plus... Cigars. Uh, yeah, or even just not even Zen, the... Snooze. Uh, snus. Snus, whatever. The, the pouches, the non-invasive Oral pouches. free. Or no, or, oral tobacco or whatever. Yeah, whatever they whatever they call it. Modern oral. It's always strange to call it modern oral. Um, <laughs> no one, no one's brain going to the gutter there. All right, here's another topic uh, that as renters we might like, and this could be fun to talk about compared to inflation. Uh, I haven't read the article yet, but this is a tweet from I believe this person is a yeah, Bill McBride. I recognize the name good at this type of stuff says rents are falling faster than quote seasonality alone since rents are falling and will likely continue to fall it probably makes sense to look at inflation x shelter for monetary policy over the next several months if you look at the chart here uh rent prices if we look at okay what am i seeing here so 
in January 20, from February 2020, they dipped a little bit. And then in starting in early 2021, they went up by a ton, about peaking at 17% year-over-year growth. And now it is rolled over kind of like a classic just asymptote back to 5% growth and are falling quickly. Uh, thoughts there? Good for rent prices. I think we've kind of seen that the so, crazy, so, the crazy uh, rent hikes in uh, at least our area. I'm not uh, looking. I'm not looking at this chart that you're talking about. But you, basically, your rent prices are still growing. Let me send it in the Zoom chat. But no, they're still growing. But it, it's going to start if the trend continues. They're going to start declining within the next few months. So it's declining. I did not know they were still growing. That is a bummer. Yeah, but some of that's uh how correlated are though are, are rent prices to the housing market? I believe fairly correlated, but also not an expert. Here's another one that's interesting. So if you look at housing services on the I believe that is for personal consumption expenditures under i think it's the fed's definition it's still yeah. showing since it's on a trailing basis i sent the chat so maybe you can look at it now Say that. um yeah so that uh is growing still shows it's growing but all the forward-looking indicators apartment list zillow have rolled over and it seems like that since it's a big driver of inflation you can kind of see how that might decline um, or lead to inflation to drop in early 2023. Yeah. Deep. Yeah, but I also think consumer spending drops if, if inflation drops. Mm, isn't that tied at the hip? Well, I'm saying you... Uh, if you're saying that inflation drops because of shelter costs... Yeah. I think it is going to... I think the wealth effect will come into play. Oh, yeah, good point. I, I also got of, some. A lot of people are going to think they're just poorer because of the. <laughs> the thing, the worst part about Zillow is it's given everyone a mark to market on their house. That is, it's correct. given them a daily yeah. quote they can check. It's like it makes your house a stock. <laughs> yeah, which is like, like my estimates nine hundred k. Let's take out that loan. You they know. used to treat it like a real asset now they treat it like a trading sardine yeah well maybe not a trading sardine they don't actually treat it like that but they it's it just feels so much more monetizable now i think or liquid liquid yeah and here's what's interesting so i throw out a thing about how um a tweet to try to see if there's anyone that knew more about this stuff than me about how if mortgage rates stay about where they are Prices are gonna prices are gonna continue to drop for a little more, maybe fifteen percent, something like that. Who knows the exact number? And if that happens, the well, you know, the wealth effect and affordability will impact uh, consumer discretionary spending. And people seem to think like all the defenses really weren't that it wouldn't impact consumer discretionary spending. Did not they were not, in my opinion, a full loop. How am I trying to describe this idea? Because some people were talking about how uh, wages would outgrow 
the affordability crisis for homeowners, right? Or oh, how? Yes, but at first I thought that was interesting. But if wage increases are that high, <laughs> that means inflation is going to stay high, which means that the Fed is going to raise rates even more, which makes affordability in houses even worse. I want to say wage growth is exactly parallel to inflation growth. Uh, uh, I might be wrong, but no, you could be right. But the way that everyone in the United States spends money where there's no savings or even negative savings. I suppose. What would happen today if Mr. Jerome Powell decided we're going back to 2%? T- tenure, <laughs> like what? Like what do you think would actually you mean, not, happen? Not the tenure, but the the Fed funds. Yeah, but the Fed funds does not dictate the tenure. Sort of, sort. Uh, the tenure will be slightly higher. Yeah. Um, Fed funds goes to two. Do well, we par- do we party again? Do we throw a major party? <laughs> Home building stocks would go off. Would go crazy, <laughs> but. The affordability. Long, why? Why not keep rates at zero forever? Uh, I think, Aside from uh, hyperinflation causing like the demise of economies. Yeah, um, I think asset bubbles as well. But I, theoretically, doesn't low rates inspire entrepreneurialism? Inspire people to take <laughs> chances and and borrow money. That's what I thought, but now we're and in the build golden. and innovate. But the truth is, not there's just no innovation that was going on. It's yeah, we didn't get innovation. We got the golden age of fraud. Okay, here's a good chart uh, tweeted from Tobias Carlisle, but from uh, Lance Lambert from Fortune Magazine. Here's a nice one that ties into that. It looks a lot like a housing bubble, and they have a chart where it's house price to income ratio. Don't know if that takes into account mortgages. Uh, and if you look at starts from 1982, and say the baseline is about 90. Will you send the tweet in the chat? Sure. Yeah, so you can see it. Um, Maybe start dropping it in the YouTube chat. Is that possible? So everyone can see it if they want to. Yeah, we need to start working on how to do the share screen, but I don't want to do it live. <laughs> Uh, we need to prep that beforehand. But yeah, I think the share screen could be very helpful for people um, in the yeah, future. Definitely. Uh, okay. Sent to you. Here we go. So it's, say the baseline is, say, a 90 on this index. And it falls to about 80 in the late 90s. Um, so it doesn't change very much. And then if we look at the bubble in the early 2000s, it goes up to 100. So the house price to income ratio. So that means it's getting more and more expensive. Then it falls after the housing bust in the early 20, 2010s. It kind of just goes up a slight amount as the housing price, housing recovers. And then this year, as mortgage prices or mortgage rates increased by a really fast amount and housing prices stayed high, it zoomed up past the bubble peak in um, 2006. Yeah, I don't see how this does not end poorly. Something has to give, which uh, that comes back to what you talked about, the Fed rates. Something has to give there. The Fed could lower and fix this, but... 
I take that back. I said, I don't know how this doesn't end poorly. Home prices coming down does not mean. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Are, that that yeah. is not things are ending poorly. That is mean. That means homes are becoming more affordable. That's if anything, you probably want it stable around its historical average or even lower. Theoretically, you want this like <laughs> yeah, for, as for affordable sure. for people as possible, right? Yes, yes, I uh, I agree. Um, that was a socialist response. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe if uh if capitalism that was my test. Hey, if if capitalism worked like uh like it was supposed to, shouldn't prices go down over time through competition? But build uh, your own home. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's see, let's see. Anything comments from I saw uh, the Daily Journal stuff. Charlie gave like the most motivational quote ever. Not really, but he's like the world's driven by envy, not greed. That's kind of interesting. It's so true. Like the world's, my life is like so much better than if I were born a hundred years ago. Yet I'm constantly looking around at how whoa, how it's not as good as other people's. Yeah, reading a bit of history can really help with that. Yeah, just read as many books from the Great Depression as possible. You have a new perspective on life. <laughs> Any anything before World War II, anything, you'll be like, oh, geez, like uh, the comments are unbelievably funny too. Here's one. I won't say who the people are because I, I don't think anyone knows, but don't want to call it any individuals. <laughs> it, it's so funny. But here's one: a billionaire chalking up the various struggles of many to whose struggles he can't relate his envy and bragging that he's not envious. Changed how you view the world. And again, they're referencing him as a billionaire. And that's just so funny because it's envy. Uh, it's envy. Yeah, there's <laughs> one person that said it's greed. Uh, this has created a massive wealth gap, shrinking the middle class to the point where upward mobility is far less likely. Some people, I'm sure, are envious, but others are angry because the opportunity no longer exists for people without privilege. Some can only work to survive. And some comments said, you sound envious. <laughs> <laughs> great, great response there. Um, Let's see. Any other real topics? <sighs> Layoffs apparently aren't as bad as people think. That's good and bad, right? Yeah, if we're talking society, it's good. Uh, let's see. October twenty. My returns. Yeah, so they might quit. Uh, yeah, so layoffs are steady at zero point nine percent. Job openings are down to ten point three million. Although that's a weird indicator since people just post on LinkedIn now. Here's an interesting one. We all live better than John D. Rockefeller in 1922, who was the richest man alive. Fair. Having read Titan, I don't know if I 100% agree. Yeah, I think... He had it pretty good. Yeah, especially during that time of his life because he just golfed all day. But no air conditioning, so... Oh, true. Nah, wait, are you sure? Air conditioning was... Uh, I think the first air-conditioned building was 1905 in the New York, New York Stock Exchange. So if he spent some time there, well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. If, uh, it was <laughs> I, I, maybe he got it since he was the richest man in the world. But, but yeah, he was in a nice temperate Florida right before the the housing bubble of the 20s. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Yeah. Here's a topic that I think we can hit on for a while. What time do we start? We're going to a little bit before 530. So we got about 15 minutes left. 
No, started streaming 54 minutes ago. Oh, six minutes. So it was six minutes. So it was four eighteen. Okay. All right. Here's the last topic. Uh, DoorDash announces layoffs. Twelve hundred people. This. Oh. Twelve hundred people. Um, I think you can see it coming. But if we look at and Jim Chanos, who let's pull up his. He tweets a lot, so hopefully I can find it. No, um, but did you read the letter to employees? No, you tell me about it. What do you think of it? It was fine, but the my biggest thing is if you're a CEO writing this letter to your employees announcing that they're all getting laid off, limit the word I as much as you can because mm. no one cares that this is a pain for you. That's true. When they and say, it's, yeah. That's true. When he leads with, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Ooh, that's tough. No one sympathizes. So be direct. Don't try to beg for people's sympathy and try to give the best benefits you can to the people that you have to lay off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough, to, that's a tough sense to start out with. Okay. Well, they needed to do this because as Jim Chanos pointed out in a lovely looking chart, uh, revenue growth is stagnating and operating income per order is moving in the wrong direction. So if we look at operating income per order in Q1 2021, which wouldn't you say is probably the ideal environment for DoorDash, right? Yeah. They lost 30 cents per order today. They lose 76 cents per order. They got, they got to... Uh, is that operating income per share per order? No, 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 no. Just operating income per <laughs> order. <laughs> um, they got to they gotta fix this. And I think they, they got to hit those layoffs. Things are not moving in the right direction. You think that's a business that can actually be profitable? Yeah, but not, not pretty low margins, and yeah. they need they, they need a lot less employees. That, or they can keep jacking up their rates. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. Dude, we're about pay, to, people uh, pay ridiculous amounts for their DoorDash orders. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. It's not make much sense. And uh, yeah, unless you're really rich. But also, the food's way worse if you order on DoorDash. It's the same exact food because people never handle it correctly. Also, they make you tip before the order is brought to you. You, They're like, do you want to tip the driver? Which is just odd dynamics. And I've heard a lot of, I think there's a lot of, bad stories about people that didn't get tipped. Yeah. Spitting in the food. Yeah. A lot of bad stories. I would not, I don't use DoorDash. The only time I would use it was when they gave me the 50% discounts, which again, though, on one hand, they're not making money when people are paying absurd fees. But on the other hand, there's so much volume flowing through their platform that I wonder if they kind of rationalize whether at least they could break even. <laughs> yeah. All right. What were you going to say? I was going to say that we're almost on time. Any sort of teasers for the listeners, uh, shows coming out. We'll have the Autodesk one where we kind of go through our thesis on the company. 
Um, we're going to lay that out, not as a buy recommendation, but basically our monthly uh, Arch Capital episodes are going to be just a public way to give any sort of insights on how we think about a stock, what we're looking at as a potential investment and how we look at something today. That Autodesk one will be optimistic. Sometimes it'll be more pessimistic about some of our holdings. We try to look honestly, as objectively as possible and kind of share that with people. So that'll be coming out soon. We might have to re-record that. Uh, and we're starting up the e-commerce and website software month. We're going to be hitting Mercado Libre. We're going to be hitting Squarespace, Wix.com, GoDaddy, Adobe. It's going to be a fun month. Yeah, it will. Other ones that I think uh, will be fun. Ian Bezik interview. Is, I think that's coming out next week. Correct. Uh, it's on Pacifico airports. It's basically this Mexican airport chain. And I've got to say like wonderful business, just an absolutely wonderful business. More exciting than you'd think. Yeah. And more liquid too, which was nice to see. So it, you know, the typical person could buy it. Said, do do coupong, please. We might have coupang, to coupang, maybe. Coupang. Yeah, that's one that we have on the watch list. Um could that fit into the eco? It could, uh, but we'll have to do that another month. Uh we're running through the companies we actually own right now. So but that's definitely one that's been on our watch list that we we've held uh, that's been it is on our watch list. So we could uh we get we'll definitely we're gonna run out of holdings to go through soon so yeah the other other one that's maybe worth visiting uh we we had an interview with paul saro that'll be pretty interesting he bought a small pet grooming business um outright just just bought it so uh kind of going through what it is like very different episode than what we've previously done so what it's like to actually be like an owner operator and how it's different than investing in public companies that one was pretty entertaining, but we started streaming 60 minutes ago. So that's going to do it. Thank you for everyone in the chat. Matt H you really make this thing run, man. Uh, appreciate, appreciate all the questions. Um, and uh, we should probably throw a disclosure on this. Brett and I are not financial advisors. Anything we say or discuss here on Chit Chat Money is not formal advice or recommendation. We are, however, general partners at Arch Capital. So clients may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.